Welcome to the podcast that looks at the most must-see movies and asks, how have you all seen that? I am your host, as ever, Andrew Grayson. I am joined by a wonderful guest. It pains me to say how wonderful this person is because she is my rival. She is my nemesis. She is one of the team captains from the 100 panel team review show. It's Sasha Reed. How's it going, Sash? Hello, rival. <laughs> I know. I, I feel as if the rivalry died out for a wee bit. And then I got a Facebook memory of you winning with Trainspotting 2. And like, I'm not going to lie, I was incredibly bitter in the video. And I talked about how I was going to go strong for the next time we had a vote off. And then I remembered that I won both the, the new, the, it was a Christmas one we were doing and I won the worst and the best. So clearly you motivated me. Clearly you stuck a firework up my arse and I had to bring my A game. But I am not competing against you or Vinashri ever again because yous, yous, yous go hard and, and I can't my friend I had people I was texting exes I was texting family <laughs> members I hadn't spoken to in years just because I don't like getting beat and I forgot about it because it was a because again it's been so long Sasha um but then I got a memory up and it reminded me of uh, how you whipped my ass uh, you know, like, I was like, nah, I'm not really, I don't really mind, like, competition, whatever. If people vote, that's cool. And then I was like, no, actually, let's, then I just got a little out of hand. <laughs> so then when we did the Christmas ones, I was like, Do you know what, I'll just see her votes. And then, I don't know, something, something happening at the time. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what, whatever, we'll just see what happens. And then I was off um, social media for, like, a couple of days. And then I went on to the messages. And uh, Craig was like, Andrew, you've absolutely annihilated it. And I was like, wait, what have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> well, that I was, was like, my oh, thing. Oh, is I'd, right, I'd okay. done, I had a tactic for it, right? And I can reveal the tactic now because I don't, I don't plan to, to, to do it ever again. Um, I'd done the same thing. I left it. I didn't go on social media. I didn't tell anybody. And I was just kind of hoping you were doing the same. And we were pretty even for the most part. And then like, I think it was like an hour before the poll ended. I just like bombarded people going, just go vote for this and vote for this and There's only an hour left. And I tried to do the same thing with E, but she done the same thing. And it got to the point where I was at like <laughs> two minutes to eight or something. And I was still texting people being like, it's so close. And I think she was like five ahead at one point with like three minutes to go. And then I, on the like on the stroke of eight <laughs> o'clock, I got the win. And I was like, yeah. But yeah. Yes. <laughs> enough about that that show is coming uh, very soon we believe we again the, the, big big boss man craig doesn't give us a lot of information it just drip drip feeds us wee bits of information but we are told it is going to be very soon you'll get to see the episodes of the 100 panel review show um but we are here today to talk about sasha's must see movie and sasha you have picked probably one of if not my favorite movie of the series so far Good. I was yeah. intrigued to see if you're going to be like, yes, love the art. Actually, I'm going to be unpopular and I didn't like it. And I was like, no, no, okay, no, explain. <laughs> no controversial um, opinions on this podcast. So Sasha's movie is the movie Seven, released in 1995 with a runtime of two hours and seven minutes, garnering an 8.6 rating on IMDb, meaning that it comes in at number 19 in the top rated movie list. It is directed by David Fincher and stars Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Kevin Spacey and Gwyneth Paltrow. 
Two detectives, a rookie and a veteran, hunt a serial killer who uses the seven deadly sins as his motives. You want to be a champion. Well, let me tell you, people don't want a champion. They want to eat cheeseburgers, play the lotto, and watch television. Hey, how did you get like this? I want to know. It wasn't one thing, I can tell you that. Go on. I just don't think I can continue to live in a place that embraces and nurtures apathy as if it was a virtue. You know different, you know better. I didn't say I was different or better. I'm not. Hell, I sympathize. I, I sympathize completely. Apathy is a solution. I mean, it's, it's easier to lose yourself in drugs than it is to cope with life. Yeah. It's easier to steal what you want than it is to, to earn it. Yeah. It's easier to beat a child than it is to raise it. Hell, love costs, it takes effort and work. We are talking about people who are mentally ill. We are talking about people fucking crazy. No, no, yes. we're not. No, no, Today. We're, we're, we're talking about everyday life here. We, you, 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 you can't Today. afford to be this naive. Fuck off. See, you, you should listen to yourself. Yeah. You say that the problem with people is that they don't care. So I don't care about people. It makes no sense. You know why? You, you care. You, you want to know? Damn right. And you're going to make a difference. Whatever. The point is, is that I don't think you're quitting because you believe these things you say. I don't. I think you want to believe them because you're quitting. You want me to agree with you and you want me to say, yeah, 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 you're right. It's all fucked up. It's a fucking mess. We should all go live in a fucking log cabin. But I won't. I won't say that. I don't agree with you. I do not. I can't. So, Sasha, why seven? Oh, see, when I knew I was doing this podcast, like, I was like, oh, there's so many films you could pick. But seven kept coming back to me because I feel like it's, Every time I've watched it a few times throughout my life and every time I've watched it, I've loved it even more. And you know, like when you, you watch something from being a kid, you're like, oh, I love that film and you need to watch it. And you're like, oh, it's all right. This still sure lives up to exactly what I remember as a kid, but even more because I can like understand more about it. Also, 90s films in general, I feel like you could watch them and you didn't really know what was going to happen. There was, there's all sorts of twists and turns throughout all of these things, whereas now you watch a program or a film, you're like, oh, I kind of, I think I know what's going to happen. You can kind of predict them, whereas these films, and especially Seven, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And yeah. then especially when the ending happens, you're like, what? Yeah, entirely. <laughs> I think that's an interesting way as well, because, like, again, when you even think back on movies like Sixth Sense and, and like, films where, like, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of, like, tar all movies with the same brush but like twists seem like a very 90s thing like it seemed as if more movies then had these kind of outrageous like hands over your mouth oh my god moments and obviously seven has one of those like again a film that i hadn't seen but very much knew a, a thing that I'm, re I'm realizing through this entire series of podcasts is the the references within pop culture so obviously i knew the whole what's in the box i didn't know what was in the box but i knew the line what's in the box um but yeah it's 
to me, this is the one I was probably looking forward to the most because I am not a big horror film, but I adore thrillers. I love a whodunit. I love a, like a mystery. I love... I'm very much into the whole serial killer kind of like TV show. So obviously I knew David Fincher was doing this. He also was a very big part in, uh, is it Mindhunter? Mindhunter. On, on Netflix. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I've never I seen it, but I know it's it's something to watch. Oh, <laughs> oh no, watch man. It, it is okay, so good. How have I not it, seen that? Exactly. How have you not seen that? <laughs> that could be the next podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as soon as David Fincher was involved, because again, David Fincher's done some of my favourite films as well, like Gone Girl, um, Zodiac, like he's done loads of stuff. So I was like, right, David Fincher does it. I'm going to probably like it a lot. Obviously, you've got Morgan Freeman in it as well, Brad Pitt. And I had a really weird thought process when it came to Brad Pitt, right? Brad Pitt is one of these people, he's a Hollywood star. There's no arguments about it. But I'm sitting there going, like, what films have I really seen where I've went, oh my God, Brad Pitt? And not a lot come to mind. Like to me, I'm going. He is like an. If you if you want to come up with right, who's a who's a Hollywood movie star? Brad Pitt's one of the first names that you're going to see. Yeah. But at the same time, I was going right. Realistically, like, what is my favorite Brad Pitt performance? And this is up there now. But I was thinking Snatch. I love that movie. Snatches, really brilliant, played, like, actually. Yeah. Do you like Do you like Dags? Do you like Dags? Like, like I don't know if it's the worst or the best Irish accent I've ever seen. Um in a movie but I don't know I, it just got me thinking going like what what movie really stands out for me before obviously before I'd seen this uh, mm-hmm. and Glorious Bastards is obviously one I, I, I adore that movie yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I adore that movie you've got things like Curious Case of Benjamin Button I've not um, seen that neither have I he's very I know, big that's with that's another uh, David Fincher one isn't it yes but I've not seen is, that I've is. not seen it um, um, it was big part in the Oceans movies for me is in one of my favourite um, know that these kind of ship, ship movies where they're, they're really shit but you really enjoy them like Mr and Mrs Smith I love that movie I love that movie it was yeah. brilliant so like um, but Interview with the Vampire he was brilliant yes, in that yes that's very true that was a great I don't know film. it just it just kind of dawned on me where I was going like so obviously DiCaprio um, who he's, he, they actually starred together in um, was it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Mm-hmm. DiCaprio I could rhyme off film after film that he's done and like all great performances and I'm going Brad Pitt like it, like when you actually go through his stuff you realise that he has done a lot and he has done a lot of good stuff but I don't know it just hit me when he came on screen I was going What's, what, what, what would I really say is his best work and I think <laughs> I think for me this is now up there with Inglourious Bastards like I, like I can't tell you how high highly I rate that film um, but this was this was unbelievable I, I thoroughly enjoyed this film so good he choice. is, thank you. He he is really good. And after like, obviously, I knew the ending. Watching yeah. it again for this, I I really watched him throughout the whole thing, and he was proper like, he was an angry, wrathy wee guy. <laughs> he was just yeah. like, so you could see why. Obviously, that everyone's going to hear the spoilers. Why Kevin yeah, Spacey chose if you him? Haven't if you haven't realised already, we're eight episodes into this series. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. All the spoilers. We're talking about the film. I like <laughs> you can see why Kevin Spacey chose him because he was an angry person. He, he yeah. fed off his emotions. He was and he he did it so well. And and it's not like he was just shouting or just being a dick. Like you can proper see like the cogs turning, how he was thinking. Yeah. Especially see that when he was deciding to shoot him or not. Yeah. He was like, 
uh, you're popper were like, oh my God, oh my God, don't do it. And then you're like, but would you do it? And you're like, no, don't do it. Because then you, and then you you actually feel like Morgan Freeman because you're like, oh my God, don't. Yeah. But you can kind of see why you want him to do it at the same time. To be fair, on my note, on my note on that, I said, yep, I'd have done the same thing. Like uh, I, I, there, yeah. there was there, there was something about it, and we will get to that. We will get to the end scene because obviously it's 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 the culmination mm-hmm. of the entire film. But we will get to that. But I don't know. I just thought it was such a for me as I was saying. Like I love I love thriller movies, and I just thought that the plot of a serial killer using the seven deadly sins was just such a clever idea. And then you get to see that through like different ways, and like obviously the one that kind of sticks out is gluttony. Like that's like I think that's the first <laughs> one we see, and <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's so it's so like in your face where you're going all right okay this is this this is the kind of movie we're going to watch here it's so gross and grotesque and unsettling and it it worked for obviously the 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 atmosphere that that fincher and and the writer wanted to create and stuff like that but yeah, yeah i just thought i thought even before seeing the film and even looking at the the poster of Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman and you've got all the seven deadly sins really scored out. It's just such mm-hmm. a really clever concept. But it also showed you like the worst of humanity. Like yeah. you could like like when Kevin Spacey says he's like uh, humans are horrendous, they're disgusting. So when you actually think of all the sins and the smart ways they use them, mm. you were like, oh this really show you can kind of see in some ways where Kevin Spacey comes from. You're like yeah. <laughs> Okay, right. I mean, you know, but there's also good things in the world, bro. <laughs> but that's it. And I think obviously, like elephant in the room, we now know things about Kevin Spacey might not be the yes. nice person, but you need to yes. kind of like for me, I'm very much kind of like separate that and we're just now talking about the film. As far the as film. Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey's performance, fucking probably the best I've seen him. Like I we had the same we had the same issue, not issue, we had the same thing come up in the the usual suspects review where uh-huh. we were like okay. right we need to kind of separate the art from the artist mm-hmm. and stuff like that and in terms of just like when when i have seen things like um silence of the lambs and um mind hunter and you see all these different like serial killers and stuff what kevin spacey does with the character john doe considering he's not in the movie for 60 percent yet until he doesn't really mm-hmm. come in until like maybe the last 40 minutes or so properly like obviously we get the tease when he's the photographer and stuff like that mm-hmm. but that well, we moment don't know. well yeah exactly mm. that moment that he comes in though uh to the police department and and it's so he's so softly speaking detective detective and then it's that big scream and i'm like oh fuck this is gonna go off and it's just i think what he does and again it's like i think it's probably it's probably more disappointing when you talk about how good an actor he is when you know what he's done and stuff like that but like just this performance yeah. was was fantastic and we'll, we'll kind of break into scenes and, and different parts i want to talk about but yeah. him specifically the scene uh in the car when they're driving to the desert like fuck me man he's he's, he's absolutely incredible in that scene um yeah but, you, you can't deny that he's a brilliant actor that's yeah. one thing just a wrong you won't deny it. that <laughs> wrong that can act but yeah so to move on, like what I'll kind of talk about a couple of things that I want to to bring up that, that kind of stuck out for me. And one of the big ones is obviously this movie's kind of carried by the the relationship and the dynamic between Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. And as far as like casting a movie, that's never like it never occurred to me like that would be a choice that would work as Those well two. as it did. Mm-hmm. And it's like even just reading the blurb but that it's a rookie and a veteran, it's one of my notes where I was like, I love the I love the 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 opposites of that where mm-hmm. 
Morgan Freeman is like one week from retirement and this um, Brad Pitt's just moved in and he's he's like this plucky, he really wants to make his name and all this kind of, and I was just going, it works well with these two, like they, they embodied those characters so, so well. So well, I like a, a kind of father-son, like a kind of, I'll mentor you sort of thing. And it's weird because yeah. like Morgan Freeman's trying to, he's got that wee machine that kind of he's trying to concentrate on to block out all the noise. Yeah, yeah, his metronome thing. Aye, it's like, um, but Brad Pitt's basically moved into the noise and he's got the the train tracks. So it's quite well done how they did it that way as well. Mm -hmm. Like, he's proper, like, ah, pure idiot, and like, want to talk about things. And uh, Morgan Freeman's like, right, mate, shut up. (laughs) And like, he's just like, feeling the scene like you know trying to understand everything and he's like well i think this i think it's yeah they've, they've got a, a great opposite and it works yeah. really well and uh, the chemistry is brilliant as well yeah their chemistry is un- unreal and it's like you do start to like because again as we've, we've already kind of touched upon where it leads to to the end scene where you see um where you see the character of of, of somerset morgan freeman trying to kind of convince mills to give him his gun and to calm him down and things like that and you mm-hmm. go it, you feel as if it's earned because obviously we know that he's retiring but he's like it gets to the point where he's like look i'm going to stay with you for the next few days you're going to request mm-hmm. that i stay and we'll, we'll we'll fix this um between the both of us which mm-hmm. i thought was just a really I, I think it was just like really well earned um, but what I liked about this film as well is you start in the deep end, like you is pretty much go, you're on a murder scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, again, my first notes is like, oh, I was like, oh, Fincher, when I realised it was David Fincher, I was like, yes, we're in here. And there's been a theme throughout the, these podcasts where I've complained about uh, opening credits. I'm just not mm-hmm. a fan. But mm-hmm. I really like these ones because... And that's the, one of my notes as well. Yeah. The music and the the atmosphere that it creates. And it's the fact that it's you get part of the movie first, then the credits come in, and then the movie mm-hmm. continues. I like that because then that gets me... If, it's, if it just opens with the opening credits, and again, I've moaned about this so many times, if it just opens with opening credits, I'm like, get to the film. But the fact that you give me a wee bit, then the credits, and then you continue, uh-huh. I'm just like... Can oh, it give you a breath? Now, yeah, like, exactly. Right, okay, I'm getting prepared for what's about to happen It here. sets you up for the next, like, two hours of what you're mm-hmm. about to kind of experience. And and again, it's, I think, a running theme throughout this movie is the use of music and the, the, the use of, like, lighting and stuff like that that just set this creepy, dirty, yeah. uncomfortable, gritty atmosphere that I fucking adored in this film. It's brilliant. It makes you feel claustrophobic, makes you feel like you're there, like, in this busy like town like it's, I think it's set in New York and mm-hmm. like there's just Morgan Freeman say Somerset is like it's just people constantly dying and constantly bad things happening and I think that's one of the reasons we wanted to stop is like because it just feels like I can't I can't actually stop everyone there's always going to be somewhere someone else yeah and you can you can you can feel that like throughout the whole thing and like it's it is it's grainy but it's not it's not black and white but all the colors are like dull and you're kind of like, oh, right. This just feels, you just feel unclean as well. Yeah, and I think that's it. And I and I, and I like that though because you see that with very much if you do if you if you haven't watched Mindhunter, and I know Sasha, you haven't, but like to the listeners, if you haven't watched Mindhunter, you see that very much in that move in that TV show as well. Is it's very grey. It's very mm. just kind of like I don't know how you would put it. It's just it's just a very kind of dirty and claustrophobic feeling kind of setting. And I think that mm-hmm. works, especially like I could only imagine seeing this in the cinema where you are just sitting watching this with a crowd of people and you get that moment where you get the gluttony 
And like obviously one of my notes was, did we have to see his boss? Because there was a point where we walk <laughs> into the the morgue and you just see a big cracking pair of fat knackers. And um, <laughs> but again, it's it's that uncomfortability where you're squirming and you're like, oh, did I really need to see that? Uh-huh. And it's all real. They're, he's not like leaving anything out. Yeah. And I think uh-huh. that's one of the one of the fun things. As much as we don't really see, maybe fun's the wrong word. As much as we don't see the the murders taking place, like you do in some like 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 films like Saw, where it is more gory mm-hmm. and stuff like that, the, it shows you enough to make you go, "Oh my god!" Like yeah. there's so many like, we'll get to happens? see later on, where I was just like, mm-hmm. "What the fuck is this?" Like the one. Mm-hmm. Specifically, is when we get to the gimp suit stuff. Like I was just like, yeah, that's, oh. that, that gave me the creepies. Um, but yeah, I think I think the thing for me that obviously carries to get back to my main point, the thing that carries this movie is the relationship between um, between Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt. And I think what mm-hmm. they do with Gwyneth Paltrow, who looked so fucking young in this film, like she oh, looked like such a baby face. Um, I think what they do with that and having them like kind of butt heads. But then he kind of invites him to his family, and they get to they have that laugh about the the subway system shaking the whole mm-hmm. entire fucking house and stuff like that. <laughs> I love his laugh. Morgan Freeman just makes you so yeah. happy when he laughs. <laughs> but that's that, and I think I think it, it endears you to those characters where you do kind of, as much as obviously they're going after a, a serial killer, so you, you you are essentially cheering them on anyway. But the fact that mm-hmm. you can kind of empathize with them and you see them kind of getting on and you care about the characters and stuff, it just makes it it makes it all that much better when you do see them um getting through the film and and, and mm-hmm. kind of starting to protect one another and care for one another. And then mm-hmm. when you ultimately get to the end where Brad Pitt makes his decisions. <laughs> oh, yeah, now they've got a brilliant relationship. Yeah. Um there was a couple of lines as well that I picked out. There was a line where um they were talking to one another and, and Morgan Freeman, this is more just like a life thing rather than the movie thing, when Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman was talking to them about if a woman's being attacked, she should shout fire rather than rape because someone's more likely to come yeah, to come it, save you I, from a fire and I was like, fuck, that's just like, that's fucking so real, man and it's it's a horrible, horrible and again, they're using it, it to set up a, a good atmosphere and stuff like that. Isn't it? And it's still true to this day, yeah. sadly. But that's yeah, it, I, is it's it's it, it's using grotesque and real life problems and it's, i'm sure i've heard that saying before yeah. and i think that's why it kind of stuck out to me when i heard it in this film where i was just like there's just a lot of stuff in this film that i've just wrote that's fucked up that's fucked up beyond belief oh my god how <laughs> fucked up is that and that was that was one where it wasn't even like oh in this movie it's fucked up i'm going oh no that's a life problem like obviously we've had issues mm-hmm. with that kind of recently we in the uk and stuff like that so it's it just kind of stuck out and it hit home and I had to uh, make a wee note of it. But again, it's more teaching. It's, it goes into that kind of teaching moments of um, him being the veteran and having so many years of doing this and and knowing the ins and outs of, of things like that, that, that he's mm-hmm. kind of um, teaching to Brad Pitt's character, Mills. Mm-hmm. Especially where they come from, because it's such a busy place, like people shouting help. And yeah. It could be anything Whereas a fire, you're like, that could actually destroy a whole block. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's more like, it's the whole concept of um, when you see a car crash on the motorway, mm. everybody slows down to look at it because it's fascinating to watch. So even if it's not a matter of come save me, more people will run to see something on fire than if someone's to shout. And again, it's a horrible thing to talk about. So let's yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's um, talk about murders. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Exactly. Let's move on to the murders. So 
we have the seven, seven, seven dead, deadly sins, seven. gluttony, <laughs> greed, sloth, envy, wrath, pride, and lust. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> for lack of a better way of asking, what was your favourite? Ooh, er, they're all bent like the first one was maybe the I don't know I was gonna say maybe the grossest one but they're all quite gross because yeah. see especially when he goes in he's like oh there's a bucket down here and then he goes like I can't <laughs> deal with I cannot deal with vomit or sick or any of that stuff get that away from me so <laughs> I did actually I was broken a little bit I was like I knew this was coming every time I watch it and I'm I still yeah. I'm like nope. Um, but I thought, see, what what was it? Um, what was the one when he's in the bed and he's had his arm cut off? Is that? Oh, it's, I've got that. It's sloth. Is is that sloth? That sloth, yeah. yeah. Um, that one was probably my favorite in the sense of he had actually done that for a year. Yeah. You can tell, like this guy is calculated. He's precise. He knows what he's doing, and the guy was still alive. Yeah, and he cut his tongue out as well. And see when you've seen all the wee, the wee trees hanging up. Yeah, you just know. And also, I know I was like, oh, the the wallpaper's kind of peeling off. And I'm like, that kind of in my head made me think of how absolutely disgusting it must have smelled in there. Yeah, like the actual wallpaper <laughs> falling off. Yeah, I think that one was probably the one that stuck out for me the most as well. And I think it is for the for the jump scare level when he was actually alive. Like I didn't uh-huh. expect that at all. Where it was like I was going to go and it's another dead body. I think this was either the mm-hmm. second or the third. It was we'd seen a couple of dead bodies up to this point, and it was yeah. the fact of how disfigured and 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 disgusting he looked. And I think you'd say that about his tongue. I'm pretty sure the guy said it like he chewed it out, which was even more disgusting. Where mm-hmm. I'm going, he's that starved of food that he's bit his tongue off to eat it or something like that. And oh my God. um. This was another, it was at that point as well that it stood out was because John C. McGinley's in. I think that's the first time you see John C. McGinley and I'm a massive Scrubs fan. Uh, so it's the first time you see I know, Fox. yes. I was so, like, that's Dr. Cox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like the first time I'd seen him in the film. I was like, oh, it's, it's again, I'm a big old fucking Scrubs mark. So uh, that got a hang with. But it was just, it was, as you say, when you realise that this guy... And I think that's why I would recommend David Fincher's series Mindhunter because it is very much trying to fit... So the, the premise of the series is these are the first cops that coined the term serial killer. So right, at first right. these were all just like murders, whereas they kind of figure out that, no, there's, there's like a reason to this. There's a reason mm-hmm. and there's a, a, a way to common. follow why they're doing it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's like so fascinating in this when you see him kind of like, oh, he's been doing this one for a year and then you can move on to like gluttony and lust and pride. And it's, the, the the pride one was it was a bit fucked up as well because again it's like i'm not a big fan of like the saw films but i have seen most of them so it's in my head mm-hmm. i'm going who comes up with these ideas and there was a bit of that in this film as well where i was like the pride one was something like was it she she had a, she had glue or no she had a phone she had a phone and, in one hand and pills in the other hand pills like, that was it yes uh-huh. so you could either do it yourself or you can call someone for help but you'll mm-hmm. suffer the wrath or you'll suffer for it and i was going what fucking demented sick mind comes up with that thought and again it mm-hmm. goes back to the when you see it wrap uh, unwrapping her face and the fact that he took her nose off and all this kind cut of her, stuff was it cut her nose off to spite her face, spite her face yeah and it's just Which, it's that's smart it's the brutality of it all and stuff like that that makes me just wonder, like, how the fuck do they come up with these ideas and stuff like that? Um, obviously, the gluttony one was one of the first ones that you see, and it's it's so like over the top and grotesque, and even even at the end where he's talking about like 
he ate himself to death and he's holding this like big bag that his stomach's in and stuff. It's just, yeah. it's so, they do such a good job. Because I don't even think like, even when I'm thinking about the music in terms of unsettling you, like it's just really deep, dark tones and it just gives you that kind of knot in your stomach as they're walking mm-hmm. in and you're going, oh, they're about to, Something's about to find happen. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something's going down. Was there any of the other ones that kind of stuck out to you or am I going to have to talk about the bondage stuff? Um, no, well, that was horrendous, especially yeah. when he is in, when he's, well, the wee guy's giving a statement mm-hmm. and he's just pure shaking. He's, yeah. he's like proper freaking out. And I'm like, oh, uh, where have I seen him before? And I'm like, oh, I think he might be in the bone collector. <laughs> and, uh, but just because I remember him like going absolutely mental and I was like, oh. Yeah. And, but you can see like how freaked out he was. And he's yeah. like, he had the gun in my mouth. It was, it was yeah. on my throat. And he was, I was like, oh my god, man, you yeah. fucking guy. And he had to actually do that to that woman. I know. And yeah, it's the thing like is, that. with the, it's the thing that is, it's very much a theme throughout the, 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 the whole kind of show, uh, show the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the rain, and I don't know if it's sweat, but everybody is wet. Everybody wet. is either sweating or covered in rain, and it just gives mm-hmm. this again. It gives this really dirty look where even like somebody like um brad pitt is just looking like as if he's his hair's wet and i've got the scene up as well the the part where you're talking about the guy shaking he's soaking wet and his hair's all grubby and it's looking and it's just and and again it's even when you find these play i think other than um pride where it was the woman like she was in her bed and that looked like a relatively clean clean kind of bedroom whereas Mm -hmm. you're going into like a kind of brothel with this one and it's like red lights and you see them all sweating and you can just kind of barely see the woman on the on the bed and stuff and it's the the reveal of that was so fucked up like i I wrote it's the first time i actually wrote foobar from uh saving private ryan where i was like it's fucked up beyond all recognition like ah yeah (laughs) you don't actually know what he's done until i'm sure it's a photo that they show where it's like a I don't know if it's like a gimp suit or it's some sort of suit that you put on and instead of like a dildo it's a fucking knife and i'm a big bad boy knife yeah oh my god like what, the, what again who comes and up a man with this made idea that. a man made that for them exactly. he's, like, oh, he's like you made this for someone he's like what you know i thought it was for performance art or something and i was yeah. like what no and that's that i don't even and again i'm not going to judge anybody that's into, into that kind of like maybe not that particular kind of stuff but no, anybody's no, into that, that kind of stuff yeah. good for you Each on team, yourself you know, fucking you do you but it just kind of shows you even if that guy's making it where you go I've had some strange requests, so like, like I was, I was probably nothing. <laughs> I was going to do it, um, but yeah, there was no point as well. Like I think that's um, I'm kind of jumping back and forward, but the one with uh, not lust sloth is when you get introduced to the photographer, mm-hmm. and at no point did I think I'm going was that anybody I'm going. It's just a news reporter and stuff like that. And I think mm-hmm. they do that well, where they don't they give uh-huh. you enough information to be kind of trying to guess what's happening. And then when you actually yeah. realise what it is, you're like, oh, actually, that might not yeah, be. Yeah, but, but you don't constantly go, oh, that could be a bad guy. Oh, that could be a bad guy. Whereas yeah. now when I'm watching something, I'm like, oh, they could be the killer. No, they could be the killer. Oh, ah, yeah. I'm like, just watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing I want to talk about, um, just that kind of coincides with what we're talking about in terms of like the, the brothel kind of place was when they actually got into to John Doe's flat, which I thought was cool. interesting. Um mm-hmm. Because obviously it comes back from the the chase where you get the chase scene 
And again, I think that was quite refreshing because it's very much that the movie does have a, a slow pace where you're having conversations and and you're trying to see these detectives work things out. When you get that chase scene, it really picks the pace up and you're kind of at the edge of the seat going, oh, what's going to happen? And mm-hmm. even the you see it kind of come in at the end where um, John Doe talks about look, the only reason you're alive is because I allowed it to happen. And it's yep. like, yeah, that makes so much sense because it's you get that really powerful image with um, Brad Pitt on his knees with a gun at his temple. In the rain. <laughs> and Yeah, in the rain. And as mm-hmm. I'm saying, it's just this like really like minging feeling. And there's like a very, very clear sound effect that John Doe whips the gun away really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that's just to kind of say like he's like the fucking wind and he can disappear like anything. But um, yeah, I think after that's the point where they go into the 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 apartment and obviously again, Morgan Freeman's character is very much like by the book. He's like, this isn't how we do it. He's going to get away with this if we go yeah. looking for something. Um, and I just like the fact that again, as you say, you see this wrath coming out of 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 Mills. You see this wrath like mm-hmm. this under to a degree understandable anger he's so determined to catch this guy and this guy's just like smashed him over the head with his gun as well he's going to take it to the level where he's like i don't give a fuck i want to figure out i want to figure out who this guy is before he does it anymore but it's also funny because you kind of see he knows not to do these things he does these things and then you kind of see him slightly remorseful after every time he does it and then he's just kind of like Oh well, um, okay. <laughs> how much more? How much money have we got left? <laughs> trying yeah. to sort it out, and I'm like, well, oh, was, I like that part though, because I'm going. Yes. Because like, it, it gives you this balance, but it's like he's not just this idiot. Like he's he's very much worked his way, and he like there was a part with him in a diner where they paid a guy to kind of find out something for them, and I mm-hmm. like the fact that that Brad Pitt's character's like, oh well, I've got some tricks too, and he he, he pulls somebody to the side. I don't know if she was just like a homeless person or. Or some of that, and he's like, give a statement. Yeah. And as soon as you give a mm-hmm. statement, that gets us our warrant. And and I'm going, so he's street smart enough to know how to bend the rules to make it yep. work for him as well. And and again, it's like it goes back to the relationship that we see between Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt's character, where it's almost like a mutual respect of them, not maybe yeah. one upping watch another, but maybe learning from one another and knowing like, oh, well, I've actually I've got, I've got some tricks up my sleeve as well. Mm-hmm. You may have been here longer, but I have done things slightly differently or I've learned, everyone yeah. learns something differently from different places and uh, yeah, and like where you grew up or I don't know who you hang about with, it yeah. doesn't matter, but everyone does bring something else to the table. So mm-hmm. it was nice to, for them to learn something from each other. Yeah, and that leads to the to the point where they do get into the, um, into John Doe's um apartment you see a load of like empty aspirin bottles and, and things like that and i just think they do a really good job of setting up setting them up as someone who is like overly obsessive and obviously going through stuff in terms of like mental health because you see that kind of coming into play where they talk about whether he's mentally stable or, or, or things like mm-hmm. that and all the journals yeah all the journals all the stuff where he's got like spaghettios just like stacked and body parts and stuff it's just it's it again it's it's something that i cannot commend this movie enough for of how they set up this eerie feeling through the entire film where it's, there's points where it's not a jump scare movie but there's points where i'm sitting there going i don't know what's coming in this corner next i don't know what they're going to find next exactly that's what i love about that and then also when he had all the wee the wee trophy cabinets well like basically like a cabinet for each murder he'd done 
Yeah. So they'd only knew, I think they only knew up until the third murder. And then so that's how they tried to, that's how they found the fourth murder was because mm-hmm. there was four boxes there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you're kind of like, oh, I wonder what, if he knew there was only going to be four or was he going to do something differently before mm-hmm. they got him? Like, it's, and it's also, see the fact they had like shopping bags. I'm like, what, this guy actually goes to the shop? <laughs> like, well, I mean, oh. you did see the amount of spaghettios that the big man was, 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 was forced to eat, but I don't know. I think I think that scene also kind of sets up the John Doe character as well in the sense of that wasn't something he expected. So you then get the phone call between him and Mills, and I'm like, oh, yes. he's he's now brazen enough. And you see that later on with the, the scene between Brad Pitt and him in the desert where he talks about, you've you've kind of forced my hand so now i'm going to need to do some things so as Different. much as like it didn't go to plan he was fine to pivot and he's now going to do that is mm-hmm. i'll just need to do this kind of thing and i just thought smart was, enough to do that yeah and i just think it sets up him as like this like really menacing formidable foe where you're like oh you've you've pushed against him when you maybe probably should have listened to to mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman and maybe went about it the right way but again you don't know that like you're going have, have you got the time and I think that's why I love these kind of films why I love these thrillers is you're going are you doing the right thing or is this going to lead to more more problems and uh with what's coming up in the future I just think it's done so so well yes I was I was looking at my notes and I was trying again it's, it, it probably goes against me for my note taking I wrote subway lol and I was like what happened in the subway and then I realized it wasn't anything happened in the subway it was just because their, their house shook because of the subway but it took yeah. me a good five minutes there to try and figure out what that note was um but yeah before we get to like the the, the big culmination of of um john doe coming into the uh, the the police station um let's talk about gwyneth paltrow because obviously she's a very not doesn't have a lot of screen time but she's very important and very pivotal to the to the movie so what did you think of the way they set her up and her relationship with like brad and and morgan i thought she was actually really good and really important because she was kind of like i'm i don't know like a middle ground for them because she's mm. the one that um wanted somerset to come for dinner she yeah. wanted to invite him she confided in somerset it's like she kind of felt like he was a friend as well, so she could yep. tell him things, especially when you find out she was, I, I don't know if she was pregnant or thinking about being pregnant, I can't remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think, like, she was, and also she, again, is kind of, she's really sweet and really chill and really relaxed and demure, and you kind of get a little bit of, um, like, a kind of motherly, cosy feel from her. She's the only kind of, like, relaxed thing throughout the whole film because everyone yeah. else is a bit like either you've got Brad Pitt who's just like raging and mm. then you've got Morgan Freeman who's like he's just quiet like yeah. he's it's, so it's nice to kind of have like a middle ground in her um, and I I think I just I really liked mo- most things I've seen of her back then were all really good and she's a fab actress and mm-hmm. I and obviously she has to be part of this because of what happens at the end like it's yeah. uh, uh, and, I think and it shows I, on you go oh it, it just shows you how important he um, she is to brad pitt yeah like entirely. Uh, like oh wow so and I, think, you know, I, th- I think she's great i think what they, they do well with that character as i say she doesn't have it she's not on this the, the screen for a long time but you get the you get the lovely scene where they have dinner and you see that kind of helps with the bonding between um mm-hmm. 
between the two characters, between uh, Mills and Somerset. You, get, you also get the scene that you've kind of spoken about where she confides in Somerset and they have a nice wee kind of coffee scene. But yeah. the thing that kind of gets... She's lonely. Yeah, exactly. She's, yeah, she's new, she's she's new to friend. the place. She didn't really want to be there. She's followed... Right, it's like Brad's kind of kind of, kind of of forced her in some yeah. way to come. So. But I think that's, that's why I like what they do with her character in the sense of, like, I think there's a small scene where he just gets into bed and he tells her that he loves her so much. And I think yeah. she very much knows that she he needs her so in a world where he's going and seeing like these brutal killings with, with like fucking knife dildos mm-hmm. and fuck it like it's an absolute mm-hmm. absurd disgusting horrible world that he lives in she grounds yeah. him she's the part uh-huh. that, that 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 when he gets to go home and see her that's the light gives of his comfort. day and gives him comfort uh-huh. yeah exactly and it's mm-hmm. they do well to show that relationship in a small amount of time yep um and it's just I, I just think it, it it makes it so effective when you get to that. Even if you even if you didn't meet Gwyneth Paltrow and you, you just knew he had a wife, that mm-hmm. ending is going to be impactful. But the fact that you have um, the dinner scene and you have that lovely scene between her and Morgan Freeman, and even the small bit where he, he, he walks in and he just spoons on, he's just like, oh, like you get this, you get this idea where she is his. She has his all. She is the comfort, his comfort blanket. She she makes yeah, him feel yeah. good. She makes him happy. As you say, mm-hmm. she's probably sacrificed friends and family to move here so that he can mm-hmm. do better with his career and stuff like that. And it, it, it makes it all that more impactful when we get to what's in the mm-hmm. box. And, and um, they're high school sweethearts. So yes. it just shows you how long they've been together been as together. well. So yeah. they're a properly, like, they are each other's literal other half. Yes, entirely. And uh-huh. even now, thinking back, because obviously we're going to talk about um, finally getting to to see John Doe reveal himself. Seconds before that happens, you get the 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 woman on the desk saying, "Oh, you've got a load of messages from your wife. Get you get an answering machine." And I was mm-hmm. like, like now thinking back, I'm like, "Oh, that was her trying to get help." Oh no. my god, no. Um, but yeah, it's. I think they, what they do with, with again with minimal screen time, they they set her character up well enough that you go, oh, yeah. she's 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 going to be important, and then obviously it leads to where we get to. But yeah, um, so we know that John Doe comes in and reveals himself with a big old scream at the detective. Um, let's talk about the 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 car scene. Uh, as they're kind of leading, because I think this is the best that you see of Kevin Spacey and the best that you see of Brad Pitt. Aye, so when, like, because he's been, like, a sarky ass to him because he thinks that he's a murderer and he's beneath him. Mm. But then, but just, I don't know, like, he, it's funny because just to look at him, he looks like this wee scrawny character that you wouldn't yeah. expect much from. Like, okay, whatever. But actually, he's actually really smart really sadistic he's planned mm. all of this even in this car right now everything that's happening is he's planned it yeah and also they wouldn't be there unless he walked in but so i but that though that whole scene was because at one point i was like oh my god is he actually going to stop the car and like rip him out and like <laughs> like batter him or something or yeah. is he just going to be like nah you you don't even phase me and but i don't know like I loved it. It was great, and I think it was the, just the, just good acting. Just just yeah. just a easy easy scene, back and forth, and you were just like, "Whoa, we're getting so much from this." I think is I think it's what's interesting about it is like 
with the music and with the helicopter following them, as much as you're <laughs> getting this really good scene between two actors where they're just kind of jiving at each other and stuff like that, they there's are a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. You've got the helicopter mm. following them, the music's kind of intensifying, and it's just like, it's building and building to this thing and it's like almost like is it going to be like a, a wet fart is it going to be this big reveal and you kind of get that when it's like when they eventually arrive and they're like oh what have we got oh I've got a dead dog and even like Kevin Spacey John Doe comes out he's like I didn't do that and then it builds more <laughs> when you've got the van coming and it's just this tension just builds and builds and builds and, and I just think yeah especially like, what's going to happen especially exactly especially for most of the film as well being very dark and very gritty and stuff this is a very light scene it's during yes. the day so you Sunshine. don't have that so to be able to have the the, the tension kind of grow within that um setting i thought they'd done really well but to get into the specifics of the conversation that they have um as you say like he's not the most maybe not threatening but like he, he comes across like he's got a wee bald head and he's he's maybe mm -hmm. not like the the biggest build and stuff but the way Kevin Spacey... He doesn't look intimidating. Yeah, exactly. But the yeah. way he talks is yes. terrifying. This man uh -huh. is five chess moves ahead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. He's doing it. He's, he's, he's handcuffed in the back of a cop car. And he's just with the, with such confidence that he's going back and forth with this. Um, and he's so calm. With this cop. Yes, exactly. And it's like, that's, that's, probably, that's probably scarier than somebody that's screaming and shouting. You're exactly, going, yeah. We've just witnessed all these fucking gross, disgusting murders you've done, and you just seem as if you've just walked to the shops to, to, to as you say, he's got a shopman mm -hmm. in his house, and he's Killing. just so nonchalant about it all. And what I liked was obviously you can see you you mentioned it at the start, and, I, and thinking back on it, it's such a it's, it's so it's such a great thing to pick up on is you see the the, the rage and the wrath building in, in Brad Pitt, and he almost mm -hmm. tries to start competing with John Doe when he's like. I've always wondered, like you, you, you've done all these things. So you, you, and your lawyers told us that you're, you're going to be kind of claiming that you're insane. Um, do you, do you insane people realize that you're crazy? Like, do you know, like when you're sitting <laughs> having a wank and feces, like, do you think, well, I'm, I'm off my rocker here? I'm a little bit nuts. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's so well done in the sense of he's like, John Doe's getting, is getting a rise out of him already. So yeah, trying to do it back, and I'm going. Mm -hmm. He's still so calm and composed. And like, even when he comes back saying stuff like, I'm sure in that, in the car scene, he talks about how his lawyer is a fucking liar and he's paid to lie to get people yeah. like me. So I'm going, not only are you five steps ahead, you're very well aware that you're a bad guy and you're, mm -hmm. and, and it ultimately leads to where his, his plan ends. But the fact that he was so bold and so forward about being like, I know my lawyer's a piece of shit because he's protecting me who is a bigger piece of shit. But you're all going to kind of come down to my level, and I'm going to make sure that you're and it, and it's and it always goes back to this thing as well that he talks about um, to 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 Mills where he's like, it seems to be a theme with serial killer things where they want to be seen, they want to be famous, they want to be known, and mm -hmm. he talks about how even after he's gone, people people will know you. I'm going to make you famous. People will be talking about you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. the terrifying thing, especially like for myself and you. We we both want to be actors and stuff, so there's a certain time, there's a certain type of being in front of people and performing. But then you get people on the other side, like completely different side of the spectrum, where it's like, oh, I want to be famous. I don't. I just prefer. I like acting. I enjoy doing that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you get people same. that want to be famous, and whether that's through TikTok or YouTube or 
um, sports or acting, whatever it is. But then you get the dark or bondage. side. bondage, like, yeah. yeah, with yeah. a knife, knife on it. Knife, with bondage, a knife on it. exactly. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll maybe give it another five, ten years of acting before I, uh, before I maybe look into the yeah. whole bondage thing. Uh-huh. But that's just that's just me, listeners. Um, but yeah, I think I think this whole entire scene because it's a, it's a, it's a good six seven minutes they're in the car where you're just watching them go back and forward, and it's almost kind of lulling you into a false sense of security where you forget we've got a big we've got the reveal essentially coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just essentially addresses all the murders that, he, that he's done in this car. I did like, though, he does, he's he's really calm all the time. But then when he's like, well, you're murdering innocent people. And then he starts, his voice slowly starts going up and up and like, what, innocent people? What, yeah. um, a, an obese man? What, someone that lies to everyone? Someone that has to, someone that feels like she has to be so beautiful that she cuts her own face? Or, like, yeah. he actually starts getting, and then, you're a bit more scared, whereas, like you said, if he was just shouting the whole time, he'd be like, meh. Yeah. But, but you can kind of see where his cogs are turning and how he's getting annoyed. Mm-hmm. And also, yes, in the daylight, but then we're like, okay, there's literally, um, when Dr. Cox is like, there's no one here, there's no Amber, there's yeah. nothing, you're like, what on earth is actually going to happen here? This is this is the end of the movie, and I, I, I can't, and still... I'd never thought what happened was going to happen. <laughs> I wasn't even sure because I was like, see if Morgan Freeman dies, by the way, I'm going to be reaching. But I think, then... that's, I think that's what they do so well to set it up, though, is like yes. you get this whole, he talks about how everybody's, like you you kind of spoken about it, how like he's like, you see that you see these sins on every street corner and people just mm-hmm. walk by and ignore it. Whereas I did, that changes with me. People are going to study what I do. I'm going to set the example and stuff like that. And you go, right, so you're clearly mm-hmm. deluded, but you're still confident because you're having this conversation knowing that you're going out in, in the middle of nowhere. And what mm-hmm. they do so well is, and I thought I was like, oh, this is, it's the same adage when it comes to horror movies. Don't split up, just stay together. Mm-hmm, Don't mm-hmm. tell anyone you're going upstairs, all that kind of stuff. So as soon as I seen that car coming down and Morgan Freeman got in the motor, I was like, no. Like, no. I was like, Morgan's either going to die or Brad Pitt's going to die. Or like I'm going, I'm tr- again, it's this, it's this moment where I'm trying to double guess myself. I'm going, John McGinley's going to be in it and he's going to fucking shoot someday. And I could I, I, again I, I knew the whole box thing coming up. So I was like, there's a box involved at least. Um mm-hmm. And again, a fucking wonderful fake out where the guy in the car was just like, mate, give me 500 quid to deliver this. I'm just, I'm, I'm just a delivery I'm sorry. Man. Mm-hmm. And it's so well done that when you ultimately get that. And again, Morgan Freeman's reaction was fucking so subtle, but so, so well done mm-hmm. when he actually opens yes. the box. And it does help the fact that we have that prior relationship. Um, exactly. Between, between Gwyneth Paltrow and between um, uh, Morgan Freeman's character where you get that reaction and then it just the, the entire time where you're watching and, and it's it's done so well where it creates this atmosphere where you're watching this but you can hear John Doe talking yes. like talking shit essentially uh-huh. like pure egging him on <laughs> you're almost you're almost ignoring him the same way as Brad Pitt's character is where you're like shut yes. the fuck up so we can see yes. what this is going to be and oh, then what is it <laughs> it's that turning point where he's like I've always admired you and your wife and then it clicks then and he's like, like what Oh my god, no! And um, like you had my curiosity, now you have now my attention. You now you and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a great movie as well. You're making me want to watch that now. Um, <laughs> but again, it go, uh, Brad, Brad Pitt's performance at this bit, like I could, I, I'm happily, I probably will watch this scene 
another two or three yep. times because it's not I don't think it's how you would envision someone behaving mm-hmm. like the way that even the way he says no I'm just like That's, yeah. is that how I would think someone does but if anything that makes me more convinced of that is how someone would react because like uh-huh. because it's my... not just sorry no you go. <laughs> no it's it's not just one emotion it's not like what the fuck what the fuck he's like no 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 Oh, yeah, and it, no, and like it's, it's like I said earlier, he just constant, this, just all these thoughts, and you can yeah. see all these thoughts on his face. Mm-hmm. So you're like, actually, if this was to happen to me, and is that is that his version of shock? Is that like I don't know, like is he like I'm gonna kill him? I'm, I, is it her? Is she, just oh my god, all the stuff that's happening at one time, you can yeah. see on his face. That's it's so well like, done as well because you see him going through like going through like denial and going through mm-hmm. anger and, and 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 shock and horror and there's all sorts of stuff going on where I'm just like, what the fuck is happening here? And mm-hmm. like again, I wrote in my notes, I was going, no, I would do the exact same thing. Like I would have, I would have popped him because for him, as we've kind of discussed before, he's essentially taken his world and he's he's also kind of added in the fact that she was pregnant that that Mills didn't know that he didn't know so he now doesn't know then has he not only lost his wife but has he lost his unborn child and and yes. and, and you've got you've got John Doe just going be wrath be 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 the last person yes come be, on I, I'm envy you do it and I and mm-hmm. I'm just going they, they, they let it linger long enough where I'm going is he going to shoot him and then not yes. only does he shoot him he fucking empties his clip and I was going uh-huh. all my days and it just at that point I realized I was going John Doe might be one of the most fucked up bad guys in a film I've ever seen so not only did he do all the fucking sadistic shit that he'd done it but, but like throughout the film he knew it was ultimately going to end him and he was happy with that because uh-huh. people will talk about him he will go down, he won't get to he won't get to enjoy the the fruits of his labor for again that's a horrible way to talk about it because he's murdered people but he won't get to enjoy the fact that people now know him because he's, uh-huh. he knows this is what my aim is i want you to kill me this time i'm gonna go out I'm gonna yeah. go out with a bang literally quite literally exactly <laughs> and then even the ending of the film i'm very much a, a fan like one of my favorite films of all time is uh, inception and i like the fact that you don't have a like an ending to that like it's like, very much you, left uh, you don't know what happens to him yeah yeah so the way they end this, where it's just like, we need to make sure we take care of him. And I'm going, does that mean while he's in jail? Does that mean he's no longer a police? Does that mean he's like, what? what, what is the outcome yes. of this? Uh-huh. And it's, I love, an, uh, well, maybe not all the time, but like this one worked for me very much like, um, very much like Inception, where an ambiguous ending appeals to me when it's something like this. Yes, because I think sometimes, well, actually most of the time that can be a cop-out, but... If you if you do it a certain way, it works because you know that John Doe is dead. So you're like, okay, fine. But you're you're just maybe unsure. Like, well, what's going to happen to our our shining star, the person we've been um, going along this journey with the whole yeah. time? We don't know what's going to happen to him. And the way they did that, that is so fine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But you know, like what's happened to John Doe, which is yeah. what you wanted to know. Yeah. Um, so they managed to kind of do it both endings in some ways. So yeah. It was, no, I agree. Yeah. I just um, think I don't know. And then there was a weird uh, another thing I picked up on that was very different was the and I don't know I've, I've clearly got some sort of fascination with credits. The credits were coming from top 
top backwards. Down. Yeah, that's one of my notes, and I was like, music is ace backwards credit. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I was like, oh, the movie's the movie's done, and I'm I'm going. You've still done something that has unsettled me. That's made that's, me go. That's strange. Yeah. Why are you doing that? That's very different to anything I've normally seen before. I because I'm like they're going up the way, but they're not. It's not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that the other thing that stood out as well is like because obviously with the opening credits you didn't get Kevin Spacey's name because obviously that was the reveal that he was John Doe. Yes. But it starts uh-huh. with him and then it does it order of appearance and he comes later on as well. Where I was going, oh, that's nice recognition and nice like it's very rare. And again, this is coming from someone who anyone that's listened to any podcast that I've been a part of, I always get the MCU in there. Big MCU fan, and there's now no secrets with that shit. I have to dodge fucking trailers and TV spots, and I like I don't want to know anything. Whereas I think at the time, going in to watch this film, not no, I would like to think that nobody knew Kevin Spacey was in it, because then you don't give away who the bad guy is. And I just I think like, so. I like that. I like that um, mystery going into that, especially with a thriller. But even like with most movies, it's not very nice uh, knowing. Like are trying or going in already with guesses or with expectations of what uh-huh. you think will happen. So the fact that they, they 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 didn't reveal Kevin Spacey's name until the very end of the movie, I was just like, oh, that's so well done. And I hope that was in an effort to to keep it uh, quiet that he was in the film and he was the bad guy. I think I think it was, and I think they did manage to do that. And also because the trailer doesn't have him in it, obviously, mm. so you don't even think. And also, he was quite a big deal at the time. So the fact yeah. that he pops in, you're like, damn. This well, is that's it. And he's got, he's got such a distinct voice as well. Because when he was on the yeah. phone call, and I was like, oh, Kevin mm. Spacey. And then, um, obviously, you get the reveal when he walks in and sh- starts shouting detective. But yeah, that is the movie Seven, Sasha. You picked an absolute fucking cracking movie. Well, quick question, though. Hit because me. you're, you're. I mean, I know it's not Marvel, but the new batman a lot of people said there was like yes yes. thank you for bringing this up yes (laughs) but when you i completely forgot to even to to think about that yes so when you watch these films so like the oh i'm gonna need to look up his name um the actor that was in prisoners he played the riddler why can't i think of his name oh um, 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 paul dano no paul um, dano yes it's paul dano Dano. so paul dano talked about how um his Riddler character he based on the Zodiac films which David Fincher also directed but you can see moments of Seven in it because it's like uh-huh. you, you talk about Seven or you talk about Saw for um, again I know we're here to talk about Seven but if you haven't seen the Batman movie spoilers for this Batman movie but again I think everybody's kind of seen it by now but there's there's, <laughs> point, there's points within that movie where you see the Riddler use like contraptions and use like different ways of, of kind of trapping people and it kind of gives yes. you that feeling of Seven or of Zodiac or even like Saw the way they had the machines but the thing that that, that film does that um, uh, what's his the, the name of the director Matt Reeves what Matt Reeves does in that film is very similar to this in the sense of it's really dark it's really gritty it looks mm-hmm, lived mm-hmm. in and one of my pals talked about um, how like the Nolan universe the, the Gotham seemed really clean Whereas mm-hmm. this one seemed really dirty. And I was like, it's because it's filmed in Glasgow. If you want a real fucking shithole of a city, <laughs> you come film in Glasgow. And it just... And we'll it give you all the inspiration. Yeah, we'll give you every skid mark and piece of bird shit on our fucking buildings and stuff. It'll look brilliant. Um, and we'll give you it for cheap. Fuck it, as well. Please start using Scottish actors. It would really help us out. Um, but yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up because you can see like... 
films that are now getting produced now or even going back to Zodiac, you can see the fact that they use and they they they, they take inspiration from films like this. Because yeah. as far as I'm as far as I'm aware, and I probably will go on a deep dive and try and find more films like this because I'm 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 fascinated with this genre of movies. This is probably one of the earlier ones where I was like, oh fuck, this is nuts. Like to to go to this level of grotesqueness and try and keep you guessing with like um mm-hmm. with, with twists and things like that. I, Sasha, honestly, this was definitely one of my favourite films that we've reviewed on this podcast. So thank you very much. Woo-hoo. Oh, no problem. It was really nice to actually watch it again because, like I said, it was a few years ago. And you know when yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen that, but I haven't seen it for a wee while, so I don't yeah. remember everything. And then you watch it again and go, Jesus, this is brilliant. And yeah. you're also like, but yeah, like you said, the things that... Because I think it was a wee, a wee fact was the first dead body... Mm-hmm. That we see in the film was the writer of Seven. Oh wow! Um, I I think his name's like Andrew Kevin something. So, sorry, I can't remember it exactly. It's like a, a three three barrel name. Andrew Kevin Andrew Kevin Walker. His name is. That's it. Thank you yes. very much. Uh, yeah. Um. So like we things like that. I'm like oh I because I, I was like I watch this again. Watched it and then I was like I'm, I'm going to like read up on it and I was like. This is just there's so much in this, and it you just enjoy it more and more every time you watch it. So you know that that's a good film, and it's made well that you still enjoy it after years and years of watching it. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting thing doing this series is I'm I'm starting to find like there's certain films that maybe hold up and don't hold up. This one's nearly what yeah. thirty years old. This definitely holds up. So again, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen it. Um, but I would strongly suggest that everybody go, go watch this film because not only does it hold up, but it's 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 a, just a really well done film and it's the type of film where I've seen it on Netflix or I've seen it on streaming services and I feel as if I'm like, I, I need to I need to watch that when I'm in the mood to watch that. I don't think that's the type of film where I can have it on in the background. And I no. always think that's a very interesting thing when it comes to movies being subjective is like, if you ask me my favourite film, I've already kind of mentioned Inception, which I have seen multiple times, but there's films I've maybe only seen once and it's, it's one of my favourites. Whereas this is the type of film, as you say, you've not seen it in a few years. I'll probably revisit this in like four or five years' time. Yeah. Just to mm-hmm. remind myself of how good this film is. Um, and it, it just happens to be in a genre that I actually really thoroughly enjoy. I love these kind of like thriller, fucked up kind of like serial killer. Yeah. Like the one I'll always yeah, recommend yeah. Is, is Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler for me is... Uh, Nightcrawler's fab. I, again, yeah. that's one movie I've only seen once, but I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal, like, he looked so different and so weird. And I can remember. Just, oh. I can remember at the time when I seen that in the cinema. I called Jake Gyllenhaal to play the Joker, but they seem to be going a very different way with the Joker now. So I don't think he would be suited for that Joker. Mm, I mean, I don't, I'm not even going to talk about the Joker right now because that's, like, oh, that's a that's a discussion. That's for another, another podcast. one, but yes, but, but no, I I'm the same as you when it comes to thrillers. Love thrillers. I'm not a massive fan of gory, wee dead kids. Like they give me that I can't watch all that stuff. But yeah. thrillers, yes, let's do it. I'm so down for a good thriller, and this is definitely one. Well, that is it, ladies and gents. We have just went through the How Have You Not Seen That podcast talking about the movie Seven. Sasha, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you about this film and thank you very much for choosing an absolute belter. Um, You're a busy, busy lady. So where can the lovely listeners find out all the things that you're up to? Um, Probably Instagram's probably the best one uh, because that's basically where I post the most. So um, at Sasha's Moments on Instagram. 
Yeah. That's such a cute Instagram handle. I've actually not told you that before. Like that's like mine's a stupid. <laughs> mine. I made a joke about a fucking wizard. Um, I like, like it. Oh no, I don't get me wrong. I fucking like, love. And out the green. I love. Cool. <laughs> I love my social media handle, but I'm just saying yours is a lot cuter. Mine's is just daft. Um, but yeah, you can find myself and Sasha on the 100 Film Review Talk Show. We've got news coming out. Just keep your eyes peeled for that on all the socials and stuff. We'll be posting about yeah. it. Um, and so will they. If you want to follow me, I'm at and Alf the Grey on all social platforms. And if you want to follow the podcast, we're at Not Seen That Pod on Twitter. And how have you not seen that on Instagram and Facebook? Um, we've only got a couple more episodes to go before we end the series. And I've got two absolute belter films coming up to finish and round off the series. Um, won't be revealing them just quite yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled. Um, make sure if you're listening on Apple or Spotify to give it a five-star review. It really helps uh, get the pod- podcast out to more listeners. But until next time, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you next time.